Test one, two. Test one, two. Are we good? Uh, try going a little Am bit I louder good? as if you're going to laugh. <laughs> okay, yeah, you were, you were blowing it out. What the? Uh, okay, again? So far away. <laughs> um, maybe a little bit higher. <laughs> that is not how you're going to laugh. <laughs> it feels so weird trying to manufacture my own I laugh. I know, but just I'm asking you to push air Why don't through. you make me laugh? No. Last time I had to make you laugh. Yeah, and you didn't. Well, that's You instead true. insulted my architecture. So I think this time I'm impressed. Good job, Saul. Are you Very real? Good job. <laughs> this is bad, man. I think it's cool. I like the light. It's like above us. <laughs> it's actually really fancy. It's, oh my god. Makes me feel professional in a really weird way. Let's see. Uh, probably like twenty twenty dollar coffee table from from Target. Um, my dad's old trumpet and trumpet case <laughs> as a tent pole, and my phone with the flashlight setting on to simulate light. Your presence next to me. Wow, we are just we're just live it. Stop! <laughs> Don't touch me there. <laughs> All right, welcome back to the Why Do I Talk to You podcast. Uh, this is still Solomon Star Sheep. Four. <laughs> Dave Gamer, Dave Naple. You had to count it up. One, two, I, three, four. Well, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, it's welcome, been way too long. Welcome back uh, from a uh, from uh, an extended and also unexpectedly long hiatus from both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the last episode we recorded uh, was in like late November. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we didn't record it all in December, unfortunately. Yeah, there was a there was a lot of stuff that happened. Um, uh, I don't know if I if I should take all of the blame, but there is definitely blame on my end. Thir- no, it wasn't blame. It's just December's busy and you got sick the one weekend we could do it. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. De- December, really December. I mean, so if it's not revealed already, I'm a music teacher at a public school and, and a couple other places. And, um, and also I'm going to grad school still. So December being the end of a semester is just, is full of crazy on my end. Um, and also um, right before the Thanksgiving holiday, I got very sick, um, sicker than I've been in years. It seems. Um, essentially, I, I, I'm, it must have been a flu, I guess, or at least a touch of the flu, or like some sort of strain of the flu, because um, I definitely got laryngitis, mm. and um, I'm still sort of like a little bit sniffly. So if you if you hear that, or I might have to, you know, duck away from the mic to cough a little bit, which I apologize for. But um, but I'm here, I'm here. Dave is here. I'm also um, here. We have a uh, we have. A breadth of topics that we want to cover. Um, we're going to start today with uh, a cool little thing that happened um, through social networking. Um, yeah, I guess so. Uh, Dave discovered this one, so I'm going to let him take over in this. Well, I was just messing around. So we uh, we both sort of joined the group on Facebook called Podcasts We Listen To. It's actually based on a podcast, and it's basically just a cool place for people who like to listen to podcasts or who have their own podcasts to network and chit-chat and just exchange ideas. So uh, one day I just, just in my feed, just popped up uh, somebody asking questions saying, hey, does, if anyone has any questions for a, a podcast we're going to do, it's going to be like a Q&A episode, uh, just post them here. And I was like, I mean, okay, sure. Like, I let's see what comes of this. I believe it was Marco Flores who posted it on Facebook. And so we posed a couple questions, not knowing anything about this podcast or the people asking it. Um, but the podcast name is called Brothering Around. Uh, it is done by you. Remember the names better than me. Oh, it's it's Wes Gardner. I think is the, I think he, I think you're the leader, Wes. Yeah, um, operates as the host. Um, 
Marco Flores is Marco sort of Flores, the secondary person. Yes. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I so apologize. I feel like <laughs> such a jerk now. Um, no, that's fine. And uh, I only remember the last guy because his name is Moriarty. Yeah, the uh, guy who actually wasn't even on that episode. Um, <laughs> but we remember his name. <laughs> I apologize. I'm sorry. That's fine. We'll look it up it's, later. You know what? They, they don't even know my name, so that that that's works out true fine. because I posted it on my personal, <laughs> on my personal Facebook, so they didn't even see Solomon's name. So you know what? Tit for tat. You forgot one of ours. We'll miss one of yours. It's all good. Uh, in any case, we didn't know anything about this podcast. Had no idea how that would handle, but we were very curious. So when they posted their episode, we downloaded it and checked it out, and uh, I was very impressed. I thought that they had very intelligent answers. Um, there's a lot of experience in that group. Yeah, just these media. These stuff. guys, like I know, like Wes clearly has a, a graphic design background mm-hmm. and um, a background in like video game media a little bit. But these guys also are clearly like way more well versed in movies than I am. Yeah. Like one of the other questions in there was just like your their like top recommended movies. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a true movie buff, like they always <laughs> recommend the most like you know deepest of stories with like intelligent character design and just sort of like Austin Powers. This is a funny movie. This is yeah, baby. <laughs> Is that your recommendation song? That's you tell pretty everybody? much one of my recommendations. <laughs> good that's, start. Good start. We're really <laughs> that's, that's me. That's me. We're doing good. Maybe it's better they don't know my name. Maybe that is better. <laughs> well, too late now. Um, um, but in any case, we had a lot of fun listening to that. And uh, both of the questions we asked, uh, one of them was one that my brother actually wanted us to cover in any case. And another one is one that Saul and I have talked about a lot off air. So we thought we would just record... Uh, a, kind of a response and kind of just our answers to these questions that we have, I guess. So to be fair, um, their responses to our questions, which were great, and yeah. uh, and uh, I do very much appreciate the the shout out to our yeah. podcast and whatnot. It was awesome. Um, hope, hopefully you guys will be checking this one out too. Because um, why not? Because why not? <laughs> um, and uh, essentially, you know, their answers were pretty much everything that I agree with too. Um, uh, for the most part, you know, we'll, we'll give it in a lot more detail and one that we'll talk about this as well. Um, but essentially, yeah, although I'm sure, I mean, Dave is good at nitpicking at those details. So let's, let's start (laughs) with the one, uh, that your brother suggested first. Okay. Uh, which which we can sort of call, you know, if we were going to overarch this question, it's called the Skyrim effect. Yeah. So this is just in conversation with my brother. This isn't like a term I've heard like bandied about the industry or whatever like that. But basically just talking to my brother. Uh, we both grew up playing video games, me more than him. And so recently he's been kind of frustrated feeling like a lot of the AAA mainstream games have sort of fallen into this path where they're just sort of trying to copy Skyrim in that they're just trying to make this big old world, trying to not tell you what to do as much as possible and just letting you run around. Um, And that really bothers him. I never really realized it, but he especially really values having this very structured overarching narrative where it's like, okay, you go here, you go here, you go here, and you get your nice little reward centers um, as part of those, whether it's a cutscene or a story bit or, uh, you know, a twist in the story or what have you. But as sort of Skyrim has influenced things, and we'll talk about you know, calling it the Skyrim effect is a little disingenuous because as they pointed out, there are a lot of open world games that happened before Skyrim. But um, as we could sort of talk about in the movies, I think uh, just like there were more superhero movies that came before Marvel's big explosion, um, just like you could sort of point to Iron Man as what started the MCU and that whole explosion, uh, you could definitely point to Skyrim as the game that made it mainstream to be open world. Do you think that's fair? Um. I suppose so. Uh, 
I, I mean, su- that's sort of where the yeah. Like I recognize that GTA has been along around for a while. See that that's where I, that's where I go into that is you know because GTA. GTA three, well, you know, I guess the the defining word here is mainstream, though, because yeah, yeah GTA three was popular, but it wasn't mainstream, I suppose. Like yeah, in like a weird way, I think because of its M rating and because of the bad press it got, it it always kind of remained in that very niche, hardcore gamers only, like adult gamers only market. Does that make sense? Yeah. Whereas Skyrim was a little bit more approachable. I don't want to say that it hit the mainstream people like maybe the Wii did or anything like that. Like it was still very much a core gamers game, but the fantasy elements I think were a bit more approachable than the mature themes of like a GTA. Mm-hmm. So um, in any case, he sort of noticed that. And one of the games... Uh, that he specifically mentioned was Dragon Age Inquisitions. Uh, we had both played Dragon Age. It's a, you know, sort of a classic Bioware RPG where it's a lot of choices matter and stuff. But even though it gave you those choices along the way and, like, maybe your party members would change depending on it or your ending, uh, for the most part, the game sort of steered you where it wanted to go. Sure, there were side quests, um, some of them DLC, actually, which, thinking on how old that game is, it's sort of interesting to think about how long... DLC like side quests and stuff have been around but um, then he wound up playing Dragon Age Inquisitions and he just felt like there was no direction it was no there was no more emphasis on the story and the story elements of Dragon Age were really good because it's Bioware and they're really good at that kind of thing um, and so following up with Inquisitions so when I was talking about they sort of pointed out uh, the Legend of Zelda as the game that was sort of hadn't been open world before and then sort of reinvented itself with Breath of the Wild Um, that wasn't really where I was going, not just because it did it well, but because I think that you could make the argument, and I think people like Ego Raptor have, that the original Legend of Zelda was very open world. It just sort of dropped you in this spot, and I was like, all right, you gotta go find your sword and go find stuff, and that was about it. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, in a way, that was sort of a return to the roots, but when I was thinking of, I was thinking more along the lines of, JRPGs becoming more open world or even, and I don't want to talk about this too much because I want to talk about it later, but how Mario Odyssey really tried to play up the fact that it was open world and you could do whatever you wanted and it's freedom like you've never known. They put that right in their theme song. So it is definitely a shift that I've noticed in the video game industry. Um, Yeah. And I'll say like, you know, um, you know, like one of my, the recently one of my like most favorite games to play just cause three, you know, um, uh, Hori- uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. That's that's like the open world sort of idea too. Uh-huh. Um, you know, when I think of like open world games nowadays, I do th- tend to think of like the same sort of tropes. Yeah. When you have open world, you know, the graphics are going to be good. You're going to be some sort of weird pro tag with like a story that you don't necessarily have to follow, but like that's the only way to really progress. Yeah. Um, there's going to be tons upon tons of quests. Uh-huh. Always that word too, quests. And there's going to be uh, crafting. Um, there's going to be resource gathering. Yeah, you know, it, it's probably. all. I mean, like um, Dead Space, right? Like Dead Space was an open world, but like it had like all those tropes in there too. Uh-huh. Skyrim obviously does. It's an RPG. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and um, uh, so, but like my whole thing with like the open world idea. And uh, the way I think games are sort of shifting to this idea. I mean, I, I believe that the whole thing sort of boils down to immersion, you know? Okay. Like, um, I believe that as technology is getting better and as, like, the, um, 
consoles and and graphics are getting even more and more you know realistic or or just nice to look at what have you Mm -hmm. that inevitably the game designers um want you to feel a little bit more immersed into their game yeah and um being you know following the open world sort of tropes allows you to feel like you have more freedom, I guess, in the world than just in a linear game. Uh-huh. Um, and because of the success of Skyrim and whatnot, I mean, yeah, I think it's definitely um, uh, uh, influenced by that. But, like, there's a reason why I think it's so influential, you know? Like, uh-huh. gamers sort of like that, that now we are able to feel so open and, like, there's a lot more options given to us. And it just sort of feels like now we are in complete control of the character, you know? Yeah. In some ways, it does feel like a natural a natural extension, right? Because gaming was always about, like, yeah, it was t- maybe telling a story or whatever, but it was, all, it was all in you. You were participating. And so what open world really allows, and they touched on this, is sort of the... The D and D feel, where you can make your character, and you can you're just in this world, and you can do what you want. Um, the difference is like you don't have like a fluid dungeon master, right? A, a good dungeon master does a great job of giving you a good plot to follow, and then if you wander off, adapting really quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, the downside of a game versus D and D is that all those have to be like pre-programmed. Like in reality, there's a there's a finite number of things you can do and a finite number of results after them. Now, certainly games like Legend of Zelda just offers so many of those opportunities that no one is ever going to have the exact same experience. And you're like one person is probably never going to be able to experience every way you can kill this enemy or every way you can progress through the game. And that is certainly part of its appeal. Um, But I I really think that there is something to, and I think it's sort of different strokes for different folks. Um, Mm. Like for me, I need a little bit more reinforcement of you're going the right way. Like the storyline is progressing. Uh, And I think my brother's very much like that too. And if it feels like you have to spend so long on the side quest because like you got to either, either because it's like gated behind levels and you got to be so strong and you got to do the side quest or just because you almost can't find the main plot because you're wandering around doing other stuff. um, I think it can lose you a little bit. Um, And I also certainly think that generally speaking, and they made some good examples of some games that sort of fall right in that nice middle ground. Uh, where it gives you some good, like, uh, gives you good freedom, but it also gives you a good story that keeps you going on the main plot. But that's really difficult, dude. That it definitely is the sweet spot. But I feel like as we go more towards open world, the emphasis is just just make a good open world experience and forgetting that there was this element of story that needs to be there too. Yeah, um, you know, the biggest exposure I had to open world gaming the earliest and the biggest uh, was Spider-Man two, the movie game. Oh, that's true. That's a, that's a hugely lauded, um, hugely lauded game. Uh, not just for its control, but like, you know, it's a, it's actually a good movie game. Yeah. It doesn't just follow, um, the movie on its own. Like it does its own thing as well. Um, but that game was definitely open world. Um, this was during a time where GTA um, Vice City, I think, was out. I think so. I think that was PS2, yeah. So it's still, um, you know, it's still in that that frame where it wasn't so mainstream. You know, GTA got away with it because they did it right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, Spider-Man games have been okay, but they never gave you this amount of like freedom and control. Like you can go all through Manhattan Island. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm sure it's scaled down. I've never... Swung across Manhattan Island on a web. <laughs> really? So I've I've never. Wow, that's too bad. You're I'm really missing out. I know. Someday I will though. Someday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
But, um, but I mean, like I've told Dave this and he's also experienced this, that like I can just pick up that game and play it for like five hours without getting tired at all, without even doing like a quest. I'll just like be swinging around. Honestly, Mm. like it's just that much fun. If you've played it, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I will say though, that following the story, of that game is more of a hurdle than anything. Uh, Whenever I play it again, uh, you know, if I start from, start from a new game and I play it again, it's just sort of like, all right, when can I finish this thing so I can just go back to do whatever I want, you know? And Uh it's like, you have to do the story um, in order to unlock new abilities and like new upgrades to your swinging and whatnot. And um, if you're starting a new game, you want your character to get back to that, like, really fast swinging and, you know, all the abilities you were able to do before. But you can't do that until you get through the story. And not that the story. So, like, the, feels like a chore? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels like a chore after a while. Yeah. Um, so I'm not saying that Spider-Man 2 is the perfect game. Um, it's, you know, it's like the story is a means to an end. Yeah. Um, and, and so that's probably not the best way an open world game is executed, but I do feel that if, um, if open world games are going to continue to get popular as like this, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn is an extremely critically praised game. Uh Um, however, it's not really considered open world, is it? I'm not sure. Like it is, it totally is because you can do whatever you want and just follow the quests whenever you feel like it. Yeah. But you don't really call it an open world game. And that's where I think now the line is getting blurred a little bit where it's like a game is just going to have to be this immersive mm. in order to be a triple A. You know, a game is just going to have to be this big, um, this graphically advanced and uh, just this much freedom over your character and the quests in order just to be considered a triple A game. Mm-hmm. I think I think yeah. that's the way it's going to start moving. That's kind of interesting. Uh, I want to touch on one other thing they said because I thought it seems like you are more of an open world game type person than me. Uh, you seem to enjoy them more. For me, it's it's a little difficult to just pick up and play an open world game because I, I kind of get overwhelmed by like there's so much to do. Like I don't know where to start. Yeah. Like having that place where it's like here's where you want to go and like you get your rewards from that. I don't know. That's kind of what I want from video games. And you could say that's a relic of the past. You could say, oh, you can just watch movies. Like, you know, I grew up in the era of JRPGs where you went down a pretty straight story and, you know, Final Fantasy VII, Final Fantasy VI, Super Mario RPG, like those are the games that I love and hold dear. Final Fantasy VIII. <laughs> Uh, you forgot no. the best one of all, Dave. I did not forget. You totally I mean, I, I actually, I did forget the best one of all. Final <laughs> Fantasy IX. Sorry, uh, Sorry, Zidane. I didn't uh, mean like that. <laughs> but, you know, and it, it was interesting because all this open world stuff sort of coincided with like the fall of final fantasy with yeah. final fantasy 13 again yeah. final hallway 13 <laughs> where all all of the blame was that you're just on this straight line and you're just doing the things you're supposed to do and you progress and like when you say it like that it's easy to think like well that's what you do in all jrpgs or in all platforms you just go to the right and you and i'll talk about this more in the super mario odyssey episode two in terms of like using the term collectathon but there's a there's definitely a line and it's very blurry and it's very hard to hit where you are able to do enough of the side quests and it leaves enough of it open to you where you can sort of do those at any time but the main story is still the driving factor and I don't know if that's always the case with some of these open world games it, it does feel like there's supposed to be you just I mean especially a game like Just Cause like that is literally <laughs> what it's meant to be like you just turn on and you goof off but mm-hmm. 
like a Final Fantasy game has like it's it's a very different type of reward. And so as that shift has happened, I think people like me or my brother who really enjoyed that kind of thing um, feel like we're getting a little left out in the cold as there's a lot less of that around in general. Um, anyway, that's not even what I meant to talk about. What I meant to ask about was <laughs> since you do more of the open world stuff, um, they talked about how it creates this environment where you can really talk about your story and your experience in these open world games with other people. And you're just like, oh, this is how I do it. And they're like, well, this is how I did it too. And like, yada, yada, yada. And so when I heard that, I realized that both myself and my brother are very solitary gamers. The games we play, we sort of experience and we don't necessarily have a lot of people around us to talk about that, you know? So as someone who's played these open world games, have you had people around you to talk about your experiences? Um, have you like wanted to and it not been there and that sort of devalue some of the experience? Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying. Um, um, well, since I'm a dusty old fart who doesn't go out anymore, <laughs> um, I would say no. But the thing is also is that, um, well, one thing I've noticed and the biggest thing that, that really wanted me to get over to Just Cause 3 um, so I used to do job. I used to do jobs uh, where I did uh, corporate events. This will mm-hmm. be just a short story for everybody else. Um, where I did corporate events, and one of them happened to be for Square Enix, uh, the video game department, obviously. And they were, um, <laughs> <laughs> and they were. Uh, this was uh, back in 2015, I think, perhaps. Yeah. And um, and they were doing just a brief showcase on uh, some of the new games that were coming out in their library pretty soon. Some big, big, big names and yeah. some Didn't mobile games. Do some stuff with like Oculus Rift Two or something. That wasn't the same gig, yeah. um, but I did do a gig with Oculus. Yeah. Though. Anyway, that's I, cool. I used to do some cool stuff. Yeah. Um. Anyways, uh, so Just Cause Three was the next was generation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so one of them was Just Cause Three. Um. They were they were hyping that up quite a bit. Their their biggest demo was on Just Cause Three, and man, my jaw just hit the floor watching that. <laughs> um. But I it was for a console that I didn't have yet, so all I had to go by were like people posting stuff that they're doing on Reddit. Mm-hmm. Um. People would just post all all the stupid crap that they were doing, but like stupid awesome crap that they yeah. were doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. With all all their titles are always just sort of like, man, I love this game. You know what I mean? <laughs> um. So in a way, there's a share there. Uh-huh. Um. You know, people sharing their gaming experience with other people. Um. People are also showing some of their achievements of like the really um the really cool action movie hero uh, sorts of things that they would do and whatnot. And it, as a matter of fact, I still see them popping up sometimes uh-huh. uh, people in that game, just doing crazy acrobatic things with them. People are sharing it and people even then will be like, Oh yeah, you know, uh, I, I would never, I was never good at that. You know, I would do it this way. Yada, yada, like that. Uh-huh. So I do see the element in there and I do like at the very least being a lurker um, in that sort of <laughs> way. Um, so it's out there. I I will say though that I don't buy those games um because I can share my experiences with other people. Uh-huh. Um when you say solitary gamer, you know, I'm thinking these games are open world one player games. Yeah. And so I'm I feel very solitary up in that way also. Not to mention in these these um these games do have a sense of loneliness in them sometimes. <laughs> like there'll be some times where like when you're just about done playing, you're just sort of like standing around like, okay, now what do I do? Um, I did that. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess I'll go to the bathroom or something. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that same feeling that like you get when you're sort of bored with a game after playing for quite a while, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I guess that's not really my experience there. Um, mm-hmm. I know that they were talking about like um, one of them. I think it's the guy that I forgot his name talked about. He had a GTA character that he like made this backstory. Oh, for yeah, also. yeah. Um, I thought that was cool. Yeah. But I've never had the compulsion to do that. Yeah. Even as someone who's played D&D, which I have, I, I really have never had the compulsion to do that in a video game either. But it's cool that you can. Yeah. Like, right? And that goes a little bit back to like what I was saying, like different strokes for different folks. Like maybe I would never be driven to do that, but it's awesome that it exists out there for him. So yeah. I, I think, I think one of them, they did sort of touch on, you know, this is kind of a fad. Um, and you know, it is, uh, like a lot of things out there, but, uh, it's just interesting that my brother really feels like he has a PS4 and sometimes he's just like, I just have this brick, this like $300 brick because he feels like all the AAA games that he should want to play are this open world style that aren't really for him uh, because maybe he doesn't go on the reddits as much and sort of enjoy sharing there or, you know, social media, I think does have a big part to play in the open world sort of popularity because even if you don't have people directly nearby, you can go on Facebook or Reddit or Twitter and share this stuff and have people following you or who you interact with who do care about that. And you can share these experiences and it's a lot easier than it used to be. Uh, but if that's not your thing, or if maybe you really need the sort of like actual companionship of someone to talk to, then maybe open world games lose a little bit of their charm. Uh, and that's not always, but it's, it's definitely an interesting point that they brought up. That is a big draw of open world games and, Maybe if you don't have that, it changes it quite a bit. Yeah. So. Anyway, good discussion. Good discussion. <laughs> it is really interesting. So, all right, your turn. So this was your question. This was my question. My question. <laughs> your question. My question. Yep. I actually came up with it first, actually. I remember when Dave, um, told, uh, you know, brought it up, like, like, yeah, so they're asking for questions, and they'll say they'll, they say they'll, uh, they'll shout out your podcast and everything like that. And I was like, what do you mean they're asking for questions? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. But I didn't understand either. And you'll see if you go to the Facebook, you'll see. I was like, "What kind of questions you mean?" Like, <laughs> oh. But they were really good sports, and they took pretty much everything. So. Oh, sure, they they loved it. Yeah, they loved your questions. They Dave. did love my questions. I have great questions. <laughs> <laughs> so my question, which is a question I've had actually for quite a while now, that I've been posing for quite a while now, and um, getting getting wrong as far as the timeline goes here. <laughs> so the question. Um, is uh is regarding comic book movies currently uh basically my question is you know with uh the oversaturation let's be honest here with uh with comic book movies and just superhero and dc and marvel presence in pop culture nowadays is the bubble of these comic book movies likely to burst anytime soon now to be fair uh like i said i've been asking this question for years yeah, so, um, like, when did you think it was going to pop? Like, if you were going to put a timeline on it, you know? Well, I, I didn't really have a timeline in place, but I always did say, which I believe one person in Brothering Around step, uh, instead uh, was, uh, I believed it was going to be DC's fault. Um, well, he didn't say, okay, I think it's a different thing. So what they said on. on the podcast, he said, DC's going to fall out of favor first. Like, they're going to stop making the movies first, which I agree is most likely. What I feel like you have constantly said <laughs> is that it's going to be DC's fault. Like, at some point, DC is going to do something so bad that people just get sick of comic book movies, <laughs> is what it always felt like to me you were saying. That's not exactly what I meant. Um <laughs> 
Although I can see how my tone of voice can make it seem that way. Like if you were going to tell me that DC is going to fall out of the running of comic book movies for Marvel, I'd be like, well, yeah, duh. But if you're talking about the the bubble in its entirety bursting and saying it's going to be DC's fault, like that is a completely different thing. Well, okay, so then let me rephrase that a little bit. Um, I do think that DC is going to fall out first. um, And then when there's no competition, you know, quote unquote, uh, with Marvel being like the only one who's making comic book movies, then it's going to seem less and less a special thing. Okay. And so then, then Marvel will fall maybe not soon after, but Marvel will fall after that. And I guess that's a, that's obviously a, 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 a common sense thing to say, mm-hmm. but like with DC falling, it would be easier for Marvel to fall out. Do you know what I mean? I see what you mean, but I mean, Marvel was around the MCU was around and thriving, maybe even in its best era, long before DC like really got into trying to make their own universe. And I'm not talking about like the Christopher Nolan Batman's, which they touched on in the episode. Yeah, I'm talking about when they were like trying to compete with Marvel. Like before that competition was there, Marvel was doing just fine. So I get what you mean about competition breeding being better. Um, and you are probably actually 100% right. Like, the more I think about it and the more I think about the recent Marvel movies I've seen and how I have, haven't, have been whelmed, as you said, I was just like, yeah, that was a Marvel movie. Yeah. Um, I, I could definitely see how you could say it's because DC, not because they decided to get into it in the first place, but because they failed. Yeah. Yeah. And and you know what? I'm To be perfectly fair with you, I if if you had said that you were whelmed by the first Avengers movie... Mm-hmm. I would have been what's wrong with you. Yeah. Um, but if somebody says I was whelmed by Spider-Man Homecoming, I was whelmed by Guardians 2 or something like that, I'd Ragnarok. be like, what? Ragnarok. Ragnarok. Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'd, I can believe it. Yeah. Um, it's a it's an oversaturation is what it is. And, yeah. you know, I believe this is what happens with the phases like they were talking about. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you know, how in the 50s and in the 60s it was Westerns. Right. Westerns was the mm-hmm. hugest, hugest thing. Um, and then like gritty cop dramas sort of took over. Mm-hmm. Um, but can you imagine like how sick of Westerns everyone was? <laughs> I mean, we didn't even live during that time period. So only like the strong survived, like the, the Clint Eastwoods and the John Waynes. Like we think of those immediately when we think of Westerns, but how many other just like crappy Westerns must have come yeah, out during those times that we just don't know about? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, think about all the... Because then they talked about end of, uh, end of world epics and stuff like that. Yeah, that was and I was I was like, yes, I remember that phase. Mm-hmm. But like, sometimes you'll think back on some of those movies and you're just like, oh yeah, that movie existed. <laughs> Do you remember the core? Oh, I never saw it obviously, but I I remember the name. Like, I remember it by name. Can you believe I saw that in my science class? <laughs> really? In my sophomore year science class. <laughs> Why? Well, like you know, teacher needed a break, I guess, and like maybe <laughs> like it was, this had to do with earth science yeah right <laughs> like maybe this was like before was that rated pg-13 okay that's what all these epics were rated pg-13 so that everybody can watch it as much <laughs> as possible um yeah i remember when that was a phase but like again nobody talks about the core anymore no. but i remember there being a lot of uh a lot of you know hoopla about it because of like the the press and like oh what if the world stopped <laughs> yeah Oh, we must but like go. Armageddon, like literally just the movie oh, Armageddon. Oh, yeah, except people talk about Armageddon. Though. I feel like it's a comes Don't out of a meme. Don't close <laughs> my eyes. <laughs> oh, yeah. It straddles that line between this is actually a good movie of this era and meme. I uh, don't think it 
I don't think people think Armageddon was a good movie, Tay. I hear, I hear people say, like, oh, Armageddon. I, was, I remember that movie. I like that movie. I'm just like, ah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I like that movie because it's a pile of cheese. I think yeah, they mean. exactly. Yeah. That doesn't make it a good movie, Dave. <laughs> that makes it an entertaining movie. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure we'll make that. I'm sure I'll make that <laughs> argument later. So, okay. So now going over to comic book movies. I mean, like. Saying for me to say that the bubble is going to burst is just a mean way of saying that the phase is going to move on. Yeah. I'm just wondering when it's going to be, and I and I do think that. Well, it's it's pretty obvious that DC rushed, and oh yeah, and that was their downfall. Yeah, um, because I mean, and they made this point where. Marvel built their MCU on like the back of six movies or something, and then Avengers came out. Whereas DC did it on four ish, uh, three ish, three, yeah, three. Man, and Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, and Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman, yeah. Um, and they were they're actually fairly spread out, but like, uh, Man of Steel was a ways before Batman vs Superman, if I remember, and then it just kind of all just like sort of rolled around at the same time. It's like, ah, oh, Batman vs. Superman, Wonder Woman, oh, now it's time for Justice League. Like, mm-hmm. let's get it out there. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ah, uh, okay. Like, it just feels rushed. It's one of those things that feels so manufactured that you can't really get into it. Like, the thing with MCU was, I will never know exactly when they decided, like, we're going to do the Avengers, but I certainly don't think they thought that when they released Iron Man, you know? Perhaps not. Maybe, maybe they were like, maybe, oh, if this does well, maybe. You yeah, know. like, maybe by the time Captain America came out, they were like, I mean, it's called the first Avenger, after all. Um, I actually don't even remember the order of the, like, original Marvel movies. Uh, anymore, but Iron <laughs> Man. Um, Thor before or after Captain America? Before. It was the okay. one immediately before. So maybe by the time Thor did well enough and they were doing Cap, they're like, all right, here's where we're going. You know, mm-hmm. did Iron Man two come out before Thor? Man, yes, really I believe I believe it did because I think it was Iron Man and then Edward Norton Hulk, mm, and right. then Iron Man two. That sounds right. And then Thor, and then Cap. Cap, yeah. I believe that's the order off the top of my head. People right. hated Iron Man two. I kind of get it, but I still like that movie. Yeah, that's kind of true. When you think of all the movies that came between Iron Man and the Avengers, I'm still kind of like, are any of those movies that great? That's <laughs> very like true. Cap. Like, I I like Iron Man, the first one. I, I, do, I was I was surprised that they sort of didn't like it very much. That's like the one Marvel movie that I'm like, yeah, that movie is quite good. The first because, one, yeah, because it felt really genuine. Uh, it, it felt unique at the time i guess as far as superhero movies and the story because like i agree the marvel part of my issue with what the marvel universe is becoming it is is it is all about how tony stark is an idiot and keeps (laughs) making things worse and then just sort of gets wrecked uh but when it starts out like that then it's just his journey now it's just are you ever going to grow up and not become an inconvenience it's like i heard this comparison it's like vegeta and dragon ball z where his job is to make everything worse and then the job out as hard as possible and that feels like what the mcu is becoming because it's sort of built on the back of iron man so that feel like everything has to be about tony stark and everything has to center around robert downey jr and it's it's getting a little old so i feel like in when you view it as this was what sort of started it and this was a fresh idea then you can look back at the original iron man and be like this is still a great movie but if you've watched all the other movies since then that involve iron man where he just kind of does the same thing then you can kind of feel a little samey well homecoming didn't do that uh no that's true i guess uh but 
I certainly think that both Civil War and Age of Ultron did that. I I can't disagree with you on that. And that's a big reason why I... Uh, even those movies, I was whelmed. So when I think about the the bubble bursting, I feel like it's in the process of doing that already. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm stoked for Infinity War. But if you ask me, like, what Marvel movies, I'm like, you, like, have to see this one. Like, these are the the good ones. It, it's, for a franchise that's made this much money, the only ones I can think of are the first Avengers, uh, maybe Winter Soldier. Maybe. I thought you really liked that one. I did, yeah, I did like that one. I need to see it again. I, I do remember liking it. Um, Ant-Man which is kind of just me. I just love that movie. I think that movie's great. And the original Iron Man. And you look at how many movies have come out in between that, and it's like, well, like, none of the Thor... Oh, Guardians of the Galaxy is really good, too. Yeah. So I guess there's more than I gave... But there's a lot of really, eh, movies in there, too, you know? And considering that I feel like Age of Ultron and Civil War were both leaning so heavily on Tony Stark as an idiot, and he messes everything up, and you're, you just kind of have to still accept that and be okay with that, I was like, eh... I don't know. I'm a little more sympathetic than you are um, because, well, I mean, the first one, obviously, I liked Iron Man 2. I also really liked Iron Man 3. Um, I'm, 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 I'm in your same court with Thor. Um, uh, even Thor Ragnarok was like, have you seen Ragnarok? No. It, it was like, that was a nice Guardians of the Galaxy movie with Thor in it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was just kind of like, okay. Guardians of the Galaxy 2.5 Thor. Did you like Guardians 2? It was okay. It oh, did I, not it did I, not hold a candle to I really liked the Guardians 2. I really liked it. It was mm, It's been a little while since I've seen it so I can't remember exactly what I did. It just didn't feel as inspired. It felt a little more tropey and predictable. I don't know. I, I think I see what you mean, honestly. Yeah. Um but I still really liked it. I rewatched it the other day cuz it was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um and I I just I liked it again. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really recommend the Thor movies at all. Did you and I see it in the theaters together? The first Thor movie? Did we? Uh, I don't on think on so. tour. Because uh, that's when I saw it. I don't remember ever going into the movie theaters on tour. I know a lot of people did, but I don't remember doing that myself. I must have just on a whim or something. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I saw it and I it was like two hours of just sort of like. Uh, I liked. I, I think I might have liked Thor one better than two actually, but. I I yeah. remember. Uh, I insulted Natalie Portman's performance and somebody got extremely mad at me I mean, on the tour bus. That's like the one thing that you can, everyone should be able to agree on. Like her performance was not inspired. They had no chemistry. No. Chris Hemsworth and, and she just do not have a chemistry. If it makes you feel any better, the third movie establishes that they broke up. So maybe she'll like never <laughs> come back now. Um, so anyways, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that Marvel is innocent in bursting the comic book movies also, you know? Yeah, they, they definitely are oversaturating the market. I will say that I, I am not a fan of Avengers Infinity Wars being split up into two movies. They can they can split it up into different titles and not call it part one, part two all they want, but let's be real here. It's going to be a two-parter. The Infinity Wars is going to end on a major cliffhanger. Like, I've, I'm just throwing it in my hat. It's going to be Tony Stark and Cap and maybe somebody else dying. Um, and then that's how the movie's going to end with Thanos in possession of all the Infinity Stones. And then maybe somebody big is going to come out and then cliffhanger, you know? Yeah. Because the next movie's going to come out the next year. You yeah. don't do that unless you're planning on making a cliffhanger. Yeah. So um, I, I don't like that. I really don't like that. I really think it'd be a smart decision for them in order to keep their comic book movie sort of rain going and fresh if they just kept it to one movie. And I think they could keep it just to one movie, you know? I don't know. 
there's so many characters in this movie. Like you watch Civil War or Avengers and there's so many characters. Like those are longish movies. Like if you're really wanting to shove all these characters into one movie, you're talking like Lord of the Rings Return of the King extended oh, edition. Well, like, the whole point I mean? of not needing to do that so much is by giving them their own movies ahead of time. But you're watching this movie for the interaction. The, the part of Civil War that I liked was when all the characters were on the screen and you got to see them all doing cool, crazy stuff and when they were all able to interact with each other. Like, who is not looking forward to Star-Lord, Tony Stark, and Ant-Man in the same room just, like, ripping <laughs> off each other? Like, who is not looking forward to that? And, like, Doctor Strange. Like, just those actors. Like... That's really cool. Like, that's really impressive. Like, that's what we want to see, right? Yeah. Like, if you're doing that and making it a summer blockbuster action movie, that's a lot of time you have to take to, like, make things work. You know yeah, what I mean? Or, yeah, okay. All right. I don't mind it splitting up. Maybe they. Maybe it won't be a cliffhanger. Maybe all the bad stuff will happen and it'll be, like, the heroes regrouping as Thanos, like, is coming, you know? Like, it's sort of a redetermination. Like, they get they pull themselves back up by their bootstraps and maybe it doesn't end with Cap dying. Maybe he, like, dies a little bit earlier or something and, like, they have to, like, reconvene, you know? Mm. It doesn't have to end on a cliffhanger. And... You know, it's not even necessarily bad if it does end on a cliffhanger. No, I'm because just saying that. Because we know that. it's coming. It's it's not like when we went to saw Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and it was like, oh, we we only got half a movie. Like, <laughs> all right, cool. Well, <laughs> that movie also had its own flurry of issues. Well, yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah, like, and that's I know how you mean, felt walking out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, and, and like not to mention how they, you know, the, Guardians 3 is obviously in the works. Yeah. Black Panther. I'm excited um, for that one. Uh, who's the Captain Marvel? Captain Marvel's coming oh, out. I think that's after Infinity War. It is. It is. Yeah. Um, Ant Man and the Wasp. Yes, that's right. Um, mm -hmm. the new Deadpool. Um, oh gosh, yeah. Uh, is that they got Deadpool now? Right? Was that part of their acquisition of Fox? I think they've always had Deadpool. No, he was Fox for a while. Well, Deadpool, the the movie Deadpool was. A Marvel production, not a Marvel Fox production. Hmm. That's why it did so well. Hmm. If it if if it did so well for Fox, they'd still be in the game. Okay. Um, I I don't know if he's gonna be in the movie. I bet he. I bet they're purposely not talking about him being involved in the movie. Yeah. Um. But you know they're they're certainly not making it easier for them to not keep the the market so saturated, you know. Yeah. In the end it is going to be kind of like how Brothering Around said how we're going to see maybe a Marvel movie, one Marvel movie a year, you know. I, I kind of hope so. Me um, too cuz I'm getting a little sick of it myself. I, I like they're I, just not the yeah. must see movies that they used to be. It's like, oh, <clears throat> Doctor Strange, like I probably don't need to see that one. Like, oh, okay, I'm interested in Black Panther, like that's one I could see. And it's just sort of you take it or leave it, you know. Yeah. It's a little bit like I don't think Pixar oversaturated the market, but it is a little bit how Pixar movies aren't necessarily an event anymore. Uh, Coco was a big deal, and I'm really sad we missed it. We wanted to do an episode on it. But, you know, they just had this string of, like, Cars 3, The Good Dinosaur, <laughs> Finding Dory, <laughs> where you're just like... Don't you dare say Monsters University. Don't you dare say I won't say, it. say I like that one. That one's okay, all right. Good. But <laughs> even that, like, you have to admit that didn't do that well. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like... When you have so many movies that are take it or leave it, like eventually they're not, it's not going to be an event anymore. Right. And I think Marvel has reached the point where it is not an event. Uh, and that's sort of the beginning of any decline. 
Yeah. And and if maybe Infinity Wars can maybe Infinity Wars both movies are an event and Ant-Man and the Wasp comes out and it's an event and Black Panther is an event, you know? And maybe they'll get back on track. I that could absolutely happen, but it's they the walls are showing their cracks, I guess. Yeah, I think so. So I don't really have a I don't have a time anymore where I think it's going to go away. Yeah. Um, but I do think we've been on a decline for a while. Uh-huh. Um, DC, I mean, like, I don't know what DC's next plan is going to be. Just bring Wonder Woman. Let, let me just, Wonder Woman was the best superhero movie I've seen since Ant-Man, uh, <clears throat> period. I don't think, like, there's no movie Marvel has made recently that compares with Wonder Woman. Hmm. That movie was really, really good. And so that really got people hopeful. It was funny because I feel like before Wonder Woman happened, like all the promotional materials for Justice League was like, eh, and Wonder Woman is there. And then after, right after, everyone's like, like DC was like, oh crap, like Wonder Woman, like put Wonder Woman on the front, everything. <laughs> put her on the front. She's the first, top billing, top billing. Because she, that was a fantastic movie. It had its issues and you should see it and we should talk about it because it definitely has its issues, but like the first half of that movie is one of like the best movies I've ever seen. It's that good. So all that to say DC can do well. It's just that they're not. <laughs> I wonder I how I don't want to put DC completely on the bash train. Uh and and the Brother Man was absolutely right. Like I think the reason you haven't seen Batman in like his own movie since then is because the Christopher Nolan movies are still so fresh. It's like, how do you even compete with those? Like the fact yeah. that those didn't come out at this time, like what a, what an unfortunate missed opportunity <laughs> for DC, because if that was the Batman we were working with up to justice league, like, and we had this wonder woman. And I think the Superman gets a little bit more hate than it deserves. I, I understand why with the character, but I thought it was an okay movie. Um, if we had that, then, Maybe Justice League would have been a real event. Maybe Batman vs Superman would have been not what it was, and you know what I mean. Missed missed opportunities. You know, The Dark Knight came out in two thousand eight, and you know when Iron Man came out? When two thousand eight. Really? Yeah, that's crazy. And if Dark- they, yeah, wow. If they had just sort of like gotten themselves together, like in that time frame, just like see the writing on the wall and start doing their other, hey, you wonder what could have been. Something tells me though that Christopher Nolan wouldn't have been down for that. No, I don't know if yeah. Um I feel like he's he's his own entity uh-huh. and he knows it. Uh-huh. You know, because uh, it's like they said this on Brother Ren and I agree. Those movies did such a good job of making a comic book movie not a comic book movie. Well, I think Batman has always been one of the most approachable comic book characters in, in really any, you know what I mean? And so when you're making a movie around him, I think it makes it easier too. Um, but I mean, you're right. You, you give credit to the director and to the actors too, because it, it didn't necessarily feel like a comic book movie. It felt very real and yeah. you know gritty and it was really good. Yeah. <laughs> but I do think that the fact that they can't focus on Batman is really causing them issues mm-hmm. in their attempt to compete. Well, I mean, the, their biggest issue was just time. I, I wonder, they must have made the decision because they probably suspect the same thing I did. If they had taken their time uh, okay. to go across all of the, all of the, um, all the comic book uh, superheroes. Yeah, like actually give Green Lantern a decent movie. And yeah. Maybe have 
Flash or Cyborg show up first before in this movie. Yeah. Then maybe by the time Justice Justice League was actually ready to become a movie, nobody would have cared anyways. Yeah. So yeah, that's tricky. maybe that's why. I mean, they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, but you know, in their minds, I at least they have a Justice League movie out there. Yeah, it'll make its money. I, it, I have no idea what the budget is. Maybe it won't make it all back, but I don't know. Oh uh, no, I'm sure it will. Um, it's just, you know, whether or not it's going to stand the test of time yeah, and really like have like a, a positive sort of impact on the world of, of movies and stuff, you know, cause yeah, it'll probably just fade. I don't think the movie was hated. Um, but people certainly were like, this movie could have been way better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I didn't watch it unfortunately, but I did watch review after review. Uh, let's be honest here. I had no intention of watching it. Yeah. I, I didn't have a whole lot of interest partially because I just don't care about the Batman of the movie. Right. I, I don't really like how they set it up. Um, other than wonder woman and her story was very much, it was a little bit like captain America where it's sort of set so far before the events of where they join up. It, it still feels like just it's separate entity. Yeah. So it's hard to say how much she would have really, she could really add to justice league based on this one incredible movie that didn't necessarily have a lot of connection to the movie. Yeah. So, yeah. So I do believe they're in a decline. Um, all things must pass after all, you know? Um, I mean, 2d animation, we don't see that anymore. Disney has pretty much given up on that and they're just strictly on 3d animation. But again, like live action remakes. (laughs) So again, it makes me just as sad. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when is that going to pass, huh? When is that going to be a phase that's going to finally have, pass? I mean, they have phases. Pl- I looked this up. They have phases planned out like they're freaking Marvel with like phase five and phase six and whatever the heck. Like they're playing so far in advance. It's not, and especially if they're releasing them at the rate they're releasing now, it is not going to end anytime soon. And I'm not super happy about it. I know Mulan is in the works. I know 101 Dalmatians is in the works. Aladdin, Aladdin, Lion King. Lion King. Like those are the Mo- four yeah. that I know are in the works. And I'm sure there are more also like Mary Poppins too, because that's what we need. Excuse me. I'm pretty like I was talking when I went and saw this with my middle school kids, Star Wars. They're like, oh yeah, Mary Poppins too. I was like, no. Uh- no, uh, he's very up to what Disney is doing. So I was like, "Are you? Uh-oh. Are you kidding me?" Uh oh. <sighs> Mary Poppins too. The poppinging. The record. <laughs> <laughs> this time it's personal. <laughs> Super califragile. Kill you. Oh no. <laughs> but I can't believe they made, they redid Pete's Dragon. <laughs> You know what? When I listened back on the Jungle Book episode, I totally forgot to mention yeah. Pete's Dragon. I did see Pete's Dragon did in the theaters. Actually, wow. I did. What'd you think? Ugh. <laughs> now, to be fair, they changed they changed up the story a bit. Uh-huh. Quite a bit, actually. Um, I, I would imagine they'd have to. I mean, I haven't even seen the original, but I, I can't imagine. Like, I Well, I mean, I, I don't want to talk too much about this because it's not really on topic, but... Uh, did not like it. I really did not like it. Um, was it a bad movie? No, but did it need to be made? No. Um, there were some cute moments, but can I tell them back to you? No, I don't really remember much from the movie. Um, I yeah. no, I I really don't remember much from the movie, and I have no desire to see it again. But I I do remember not mentioning that uh, during the Jungle Book episode that we did re- uh, the most recent episode, and so I uh, yeah. 
I see Dave is looking up something that I don't want to admit. <laughs> Mary Poppins returns. <laughs> oh boy. It's scheduled for true? Christmas Day release this year. Great. <laughs> Just so we always with Dick Van Dyke. What? <laughs> there he is. Oh, Mr. Van Dyke. <laughs> don't don't make this a book <laughs> end on your legacy. <laughs> Oh boy. So anyways, anyways, ladies and gentlemen, this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but that's okay. Um, we probably have some really long episodes coming up in the future. Um, basically, yeah, we wanted to give a, we wanted to give a nice response, um, to the questions that we posed because they were interesting enough for us to want to, as well as to sort of touch upon what brothering around was talking about again. Thanks guys for the shout out. Yeah. Thanks for reaching out. Thanks for shouting out. Um, if you're interested, like go check them out. Like they were really, I had no idea what to expect, but I was really impressed with like the, the level of conversation. They know their stuff. They're very experienced. Um, uh, fair warning. It's not necessarily family friendly. There is language. Uh, also they talk about wrestling a lot, which isn't necessarily <laughs> our target demos interest. So <laughs> You might run into some wrestling stuff, but hey, no, maybe nothing against that guy. Nothing against that. We, it. We I'm just, just saying, a target much. demo. Like it's not. We don't know much about that, but yeah, check them out. Very, very interesting and intelligent discussion around nerd culture. So we'll, we'll put some links to them in our descriptions and yeah. whatnot, and yeah. uh, maybe we can do something in the future. I don't know. I think eh, who knows? I think they're more popular than us. So. I'm sure they're. <laughs> that's not ours. So we'll probably just. They had like, people answer their questions. Please, so. please, my lord, please help us. Um, <laughs> can I have some more? Can I have some more shout outs? <laughs> Oh, heavens. Oh, okay. my goodness. So, Let's get out of here before we make complete fools of ourselves. Oh, too late for that. Oops. So, anyways, uh, thank you all again for listening to our, our big, grand, opus comeback uh, podcast episode. Uh, hopefully, they won't be so you know spaced out like this again later in the future. We're going to try to go back to a, a regular recording uh, regular recording schedule here. So, um, as always, a uh, special thanks to uh, Danny Barrett-Hubert for the artwork. And uh, to the combined efforts of OC Remix, Rob KTA, and Expert Novice for the intro and outro music. And uh, uh, again, I'm Saul Starsheet 4. I'm Dave Gamer, Dave Naple. And we'll see you in the next one. Take care.